The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo with big data and real-time and predictive analytics from the consumer to the enterprise. Learn how to help your organization move in exciting new directions. Here's your host, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, 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 and if you want to run with the Game Changers, I promise you are in the right place, and I have to tell you, I said welcome times three. I'm the third today. We have two special guests. What are we talking about? Well, I found an interesting quote from Vidal Sassoon. I know, British and American hairstylist, businessman, philanthropist who created a close-cut geometric hairstyle back in the day and became very famous, and here's the quote. This is related to our topic today. Vidal Sassoon said, the only place where success comes before work, think about it, success starts with S, work starts with W, is in the dictionary. So now let me tell you what our topic's all about today. Every aspiring entrepreneur has a question that sits on their mind, sits in their head all the time. How can we repeat the successes of the past? How can we become the next Apple, the next Google, the next Facebook or Microsoft? How can we be that successful and leave a positive footprint on the world and change everybody's lives and make money in the process? Well, when you ask successful CEOs, they often say the same thing. I was lucky. We were lucky. We timed our product. We hit the market at the right time. The world was ready. But wait a minute. That, that's really not going to work for new entrepreneurs. Let's dig a little bit deeper and see if we can discover a formula or at least a set of of ways to figure it out that can help the next generation of CEOs create something meaningful, something that's significant, something that does leave the world a better place and makes them successful where success is the dollar sign because that's what they need to survive. So our topic today, of course, here on Startup Focus with Game Changers, we always talk about the startup mindset. The topic after that is, if I could do it all over again, hindsight and blind ambition. Great topic. We covered it a couple of years ago, and we've got two new panelists to help me out with it today. First up in a moment, I'm going to be welcoming Alexander Rinka, R-I-N-K-E. He told me I could call him Alex. He's the co-founder and co-CEO of a company called Solanis, C-E-L-O-N-I-S. And joining him on the panel as a regular here on the show, Dave Katona from SAP Startup Focus. So Alex Rinka sent me a quote from Steve Jobs, and I think Steve has taken over as the most frequently quoted person on Game Changers Radio, but this is a good one. He said, I'm convinced that about half of what separates successful entrepreneurs from the non-successful ones is pure perseverance. Unless you have a lot of passion about this, you are not going to survive. Alex Rinko, welcome to Game Changers. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Great to be here. Glad to have you. 
Oh, we're delighted. I hear you're in New York, and that means you're sitting in the same rainy, ucky stuff that I'm sitting in. Well, I'm actually in an office, but you're looking out, not seeing anything beautiful. How are you today? And, and you're, in, uh, you're in New York because Solanus just opened an office here. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Exactly. We are here on uh, 25th Street in, in Manhattan, and uh, it's absolutely amazing. You know, I, I, the city is great. Um, and, um, yeah, exactly. A little bit rainy, but, but, but everything all right. Even in the rain, it's New York. And I have to mention to our listeners that if the name Solanis, C-E-L-O-N-I-S, sounds familiar, we had one of Alex's co-founders, Bastian Nomaker, I believe his name is, on a couple of weeks ago on here on Startup Focus. So, Alex, tell me how you picked this quote from Steve Jobs. It's a great quote. Why did you pick it for our topic today, please? Yeah, because I think it really um, tells a lot about what you need to do and what you need to um, go through if you if you want to be a successful entrepreneur, I think it's just it just reflects very very well what what I think um, a lot of startups um, that 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 I see being successful differentiates from um, from from those who are not successful because um, it's it's pretty tough, right? Especially in the beginning in the beginning, um, and uh, you know a lot of people won't believe you will tell you that uh, what you're doing and what you're trying to achieve won't work. And I think that um, element of perseverance and um, sticking through that um, um, valley of tears is, is, is very, very important um, and, and probably the most important thing um, that, uh, that, that you need to keep in mind. Tell me something, Alex. How many times did you and Bastion and your other co-founder, how many times did you sit there at the table or at the kitchen sink or in a bar somewhere and put your hands in your head in your hands and say, oh, my, are we really doing this? Is it really worth all the trouble? Is it time to just fold up the tent and go back to the safety of perhaps a previous job? Did you ever get to that point where perseverance was a big question mark for you, Alex? Oh, many times, many times. I think you, you, you get that all the time. I mean, if you, um, if you want to start up a company, especially in the, in the enterprise space, in the enterprise software space, but, but I think that's true for, for, for most industries, what you need to do and what you need to achieve is that you convince very established and large corporations. You know, some of our first customers were very big companies like Siemens or Bayer Pharmaceuticals to buy a product from, you know, um, Basically, a very, very small startup that's um, that's um, just starting out, you know, and implement that in their, in their architecture, etc. So it's it's very hard, you know, and you need get get a lot of feedback, like you know, we only buy software from big companies, you know, we mm-hmm. uh, we can't engage, you know, do do you have references in our industry? And obviously, you don't, you know, and 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 and, and so so no matter of, of how good your your idea and your product and your people are, it's it's very hard to get traction. It's very hard to get, you know. Um, uh, to, to get get the first customers, etc. Especially in that phase, we were um, we were very very often very um, um, yeah you know um, exactly the situation you described you know um, mm-hmm. um, putting our our head in our hands and, and not knowing how to how to continue. But um, we always knew that there was um, that that at the core what we what we want to achieve that we believed in that very much. And that had us stand through that. And we were also a little bit naive. So if we had known everything that we know now, we would probably not have started in the first place. 
I like that. You're a little bit naive, and if you would have known. And, and again, that goes to our topic of I could do it all over again, hindsight and blind ambition. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. It's a pleasure having you on, Alex. And exactly what you just told me in response to my question is exactly what we're looking for. And that's what entrepreneurs around the world want to hear. And that's what we deliver here on Game Changers. So thank you, Alex. Pleasure to have you on. Keep that umbrella handy if you have to run out after the show. Yes, we do allow umbrellas in New York. Just don't bang in anybody on the sidewalk with a big umbrella. And now I'm going to welcome back Dave Catone, who seems to pop up every other week on this series, and we're delighted to have him back. Dave is, of course, with SAP Startup Focus, and he's no stranger to entrepreneurship, and we'll talk to Dave about that later. But Dave has selected a quote from a movie, the 2007 film No Country for Old Men, by Joel and Ethan Cohen, C-O-E-N. This is a quotable moment, but I just want to tell you a little bit about the movie. It's an American neo-Western, neo-noir, that's neo-dark black thriller film, directed and written by the Cohen brothers based on Cormac McCarthy's eponymous 2005 novel. It's considered a cat-and-mouse drama starring Tommy Lee Jones, Javier Bardem, and Josh Brolin following a Texas welder and Vietnam veteran in the desert landscape of 1980 West Texas. The themes include fate, conscience, and circumstance, which were explored in other films by the Coens. And by the way, it won major, major, major awards and was voted the 10th best film of the 21st century. I don't know if Dave knows this, by 177 film critics around the world. Wow. Here's the quote Dave has selected. If the rule you follow brought you to this, of what use was the rule? Dave Katona, thanks for coming back. How are you, Dave? Great. Thanks for having me back, uh, Bonnie. Appreciate it. Yeah, and, uh, Talk it's, to uh, me. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a great... Uh, it, it's one of those quotes that's always kind of stuck in my mind. I'm a huge uh, Coen Brothers fan, anyway, uh, uh, with their films. But uh, it's one of those quotes that I've, I've used many times and then uh, uh, recently started recalling that I actually stole the quote from one of the Coen Brothers films. And I, I've used it before uh, many times and thought about it. And uh, when it comes down to startups and just in general, sometimes you literally have to question uh, the rules that you're told to follow mm-hmm. and uh, the paths that you're instructed to go down. And sometimes you have to really look at why am I doing this? Why, you know, why was that rule put in place? And a lot of times, you know, as you're trying to innovate, and if you're really trying to break the mold, you really have to take a look at the path and the fundamental processes that you're told to follow and take a look at, you know, start to question those whys. And I really like the quote because it, it, it literally gets down to, okay, uh, I always get used to... Uh, I asked my customers years ago uh, when I worked in man- a lot of manufacturing plants of uh, questioning them uh, about the efficiencies of their processes, why they, you know, how they did things, and a lot of times I would get the responses of, well, why do you do it this way? Well, we've always done it that way. Well, that's really not the right answer, and you've got mm-hmm. to take a look at the whys, and if, if the rule you know, brought you to this, you You've got to question <laughs> the rule, and and that's really what you know. Startups and what what my, my career and a lot of different startups has really been all about, which is really trying to really break those rules and question those rules and, and drive towards innovation. 
Interesting point, Dave. As you're mentioning that, I'm thinking of questioning the rules, and then I'm thinking flipping the table on the people who may be your, your seed capital people, uh, what we, we used to call, I don't know if you still do in the industry, the, the circle of Fs, the family, friends, and fools. You ask to invest in you, and maybe they're a- asking the questions, why don't you do it this way? My yeah. Uncle James always did it this way. My Aunt Marg- Mar- Mary Beth always did it this way. Why aren't yeah. you doing it this way? I'm giving you the so it, the question come from both sides, don't they? Yes, they do. Absolutely. And this gets down to uh, investors and, and you've got the investment bankers, a- a- angel funders, uh, you know, uh, all the way through, you know, to, uh, to the boards and advisors uh, and, and taking a look at that. They may have very experienced perspectives. Mm-hmm. However, you've got to take a look at the market, the product, um, and your specific opportunity and take a look at, you know, it's great, but we've got to take a look at the, you know, the, the, that you've always done it that way. However, we've got to take a look at a new path. Right. And what's interesting to me about this, Dave, is that having you and Alex Rinka here on the show today, we might be developing some new quote unquote rules and new paths for entrepreneurs, not only to get our listeners to question the rules other people are laying out for them or what they read somewhere or a blog they just, friend just wrote on uh, successful, putting together successful companies. Uh, but we may be coming up with a set of new by words, I'll call them, of new paths where people can say, guess what I heard on Startup Focus with Game Changers Radio? That smart guy, Dave Katona, he said this and that, and that brilliant guy, Alex Rinka from Solanus, and he said this, wow, we really need to listen to them more. You think that's going to happen today, Dave? (laughs) I certainly hope so. (laughs) <laughs> that was a long pause. I know I was laying a lot on you. Smart Dave and brilliant. Alex, do you think we're going to give that to our listeners today, some really brilliant words of wisdom? Yes, Alex. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. I like the way you think. So now that I've established that your thank you for that, Dave. Now that we've established that Alex is in New York for a new office downtown for Salonis. Am I saying it right, Salonis or Salonis? How do you absolutely. pronounce it, Alex? No, Salonis. Okay, good. So we have a little personal question for you. We'd love to know, what are you drinking right now? If it's interesting, if not, what fuels your perseverance, your persistence, your goals, your my co-founders and I are going to be successful? What kind of drink fuels that energy in you, Alex? Um, oh, um, um, you know, currently actually a banana smoothie because I, I, I just love banana smoothies. Um, and sometimes as an entrepreneur, you also need a whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite whiskey? Um, I actually like, like, um, uh, like Jack Daniels a lot, but it's, uh, I'm, I'm not a huge expert. <laughs> well, thank you very much. That's interesting. Do you take your whiskey neat or do you uh, apply something to it? No, always on the works. Always on the rocks. Thank you. I'm pulling it out of you. Here we go. And Dave Katona, where are you today, and what drink fuels you, Dave? I am sitting in Palo Alto, California today, and I am uh, sipping on uh, some exotic Starbucks uh, half-calf, half-decaf, which uh, is the thing that keeps me fueled uh, as it's getting cooler here in Northern California. 
It's getting cool there. It's pretty cool in New York here, by the way. It has been in the mid to low 30s yesterday morning, the day before. Alex probably knows about this. And it's probably going to be up in the low 60s during the day, but we are seeing quite a spread of temperature. But nonetheless, Dave knows, and Alex doesn't know, that all they let me have on radio show days is water. So, Alex, I can't have anything more powerful than that. They don't let me near the caffeine. So what can I tell you? But I did just order a new shipment of my pot for my red Nespresso machine, so maybe later on I'll have a half-calf in honor of Dave Katona. So everybody, we are talking a very interesting topic today. It's the startup mindset. If I could do it all over again, hindsight and blind ambition. And hindsight is when you get to where you wanted to go or you get to a point where you say, here's the fork in the road. I'm not sure the road marks successful is ahead for me. Maybe I want to turn back. What hindsight, what lessons can we learn that we can share with you? And we're speaking today with Alex Rinka, one of the co-founders and co-CEO of Solanis, C-E-L-O-N-I-S. Look them up. We'll talk with them a little bit about what the company does, but I'll give you a clue. Think about process Mining, think about big data, think about analytics. We'll find out more. And Dave Katona from SAP Startup Focus Program. Shout out to Christina Sosa, who is listening, and Manju Bonsal. They are renewing this series for next year. So, Dave, I know we'll be hearing a lot more from you in 2017. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We're going to take a very quick break. And when we come back, a lot more from Alex and Dave and moi. So, don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. You know the drill by now. Michael out. In today's globalized world, the competition for customers and marketplace has never been fiercer. Emerging technologies, especially those like big data, can help level the playing field and enable everyone from established enterprises to nimble startups to radically change the status quo. The bottom line, if you embrace technology, you can innovate your way to success. Big data is changing the way we live our lives and do business. Learn how with Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit W www.sap.com With new companies like yours competing aggressively for top customers, your strategies and tools must level the playing field and position you well against your larger adversaries. Today, you are faced with global competition for both customers and talent that will drive your business. The bottom line, you need to define what's going to set you apart, and you need to embrace innovation in every facet of your company and your brand. Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. You're listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Startup Focus with Game Changers. Here we are. We are back, and we're speaking today with Alex Rinka, R-I-N-K-E, from Solanus, and Dave Katona at SAP Startup Focus. We're talking about the startup mindset. If I could do it all over again, hindsight and blind ambition. And we're going to kick off the roundtable in earnest with Alex Rinka's comments about some of the ways he looks at the startup experience. And Solanus is successful. So Alex, before I read one of your comments in your notes, would you please just 
just tell us what I call the elevator pitch, 60 seconds, what does Solanus do? And when you and your partners were envisioning this company, I know you were very young, you were still in school, but what what did you have in mind that the world needed you to do? So, Alex, what does Solanus do, please? Yeah. No, um, Solanus is a big data analytics company. And we are fully focused and really um, pioneering the so-called process mining technology. And what process mining really does, it's actually a problem that um, every slightly larger company has, is to understand how are the as-is processes really running. So how's my cookie to pay, my order to cash, how are my, is my customer service really, really operating, and where does it need improvement in order to become more efficient and make my customers happier. And um, Salonis solves that because Salonis um, is a technology that can pick up all the data a company creates, automatically analyze that data, and understand how the processes are executed. So it does what typically a consultant would do um, in a lengthy and, and, and kind of tedious project and automates that completely. So, so it gives you full transparency as to what your company is doing and, and you know, where, where deviations occur, where bottlenecks are, and how you can improve things. And, Thank you um, very yeah, much. Pretty much what we had in mind from the beginning. We saw we, we saw so much data and piling up in these in these corporations that we think, oh, oh gosh, we we got to be able to make more of that. So, so instead of my reading what I was going to from your list of notes, Alex, let's go with this as a point: seeing the need, understanding the market having or gaining the skills and techniques to deliver what the market needs. So what would your advice be? We're going to turn this into an advice list. What would your advice to be to anybody around the world listening, whether they already have a startup, whether they're just dreaming, whether they're sitting around the table or shooting pool with friends and, hey, I think the world needs X, Y, Z. Yeah, we can do that. How how would you advise them to hone that need to something that they can, in fact, deliver on a profitable basis. What would your your words of wisdom be on that point? Mm. No, I think I mean I think that um, a lot of people, especially people that think in an entrepreneurial way, have good ideas all the time. Mm-hmm. So, so I really don't think that there's a shortage of, of good ideas. And there's a lot of things that you know are often pretty. Um, uh, pretty obvious even in a lot, of, a lot of companies that are founded where you say, wow, that idea is not even, even, even you know, I, I thought about this or I heard somebody else think about this like a long, long time ago or, 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 or just a short time ago. And I think that, um, that the thing that you really have to do is you have to um, think about how can I execute this? You know, how can I deliver something that's usable and that's useful to, to customers. So I think that there are so many good ideas. You just need to, uh, need to really develop a plan of how you will operationalize things and really think about the details. And then you need to get this out in front of customers as soon as you can in order to get their feedback. So, so I'm not a big fan of, of asking customers before, um, should I do this, should I do that? But I, I, I'm a big fan of like, doing a rapid prototype and putting that in front of the customer in order to understand whether it's useful. Very interesting. Dave Katona, want to hear your thoughts. You can agree or disagree with Al- what Alex said and, and expand it for me, please. Well, I, I, I agree with, first and foremost, that there's no such thing as, as the perfect solution or the perfect product. And I've seen too many times, uh, I actually had an experience uh, recently where I was uh, coaching a, a friend uh, with a startup who was spending countless 
days, weeks, and months trying to perfect this product before you launched it. And that's exactly what you don't want to do. And the other thing you, you don't want to do is continually just ask people what they want. Because mm-hmm. uh, getting back to Steve Jobs and the quotes, um, and taking a look at it, it would, what, what Steve would do was actually go and create products that people didn't realize they needed. Uh-huh. And so if you start asking people what they need, uh, they're going to tell you, you know, uh, you know, what I really need is, is a car with better gas mileage. What they're not going to tell you is what they really need to do is to get to work faster, and then you mm-hmm. can come up with creative and better ideas to reduce traffic and find a better way to transport them from their home to their office every day. And that's where it comes down to innovation um, without having to spend a lot of time asking questions around features and functions. And Alex knows this all too well that you get really stuck in the weeds. And it really gets down to just get that product out there and go through the iterations um, rather than trying to perfect it before you launch it. Very interesting advice. Alex, you want to comment on what Dave said, and then we'll move on to another topic? No, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I think there are two, 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 two of the biggest mistakes you can do is, A, you um, work on your product for, 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 for a year or even half a year before you um, bring out the, the minimum viable product and, 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 and show it to the first customers. The second, the second mistake that's pretty common, I think, is that you try to add features to your product and say, okay, it's not useful in this version, but if I add this and if I add this and if I add this, it will become useful. I think you really need to focus on what's the core that, of, 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 of what you want to achieve and be very focused, but deliver, deliver that focus functionality super fast and get it in front of in, in front of your customers um, in order to get their feedback. So I couldn't agree more. I think everything that David said is, um, is, is it makes perfect sense. Very interesting. And I'm going to add a comment. Uh, one of my favorite TV shows still is, after all these years, Shark Tank on TV. I don't know if you've seen it, Alex. I, 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 Dave, have you watched Shark Tank recently or at all? I, I, I have seen it. Yes. And, and one of the things they say, somebody comes out with a great idea. It could be, uh, I don't know, athletic wear for a certain part of the population, or it could be uh, a new light bulb, seriously, or it could be a new toy for kids or a new way of, I don't know, flushing the toilet or turning, changing light bulbs, whatever it is. And, and then the entrepreneur gets the attention of the sharks. Now, these are people who are spending their own money. These are millionaires and billionaires on the panel spending their own money to invest in these entrepreneurs in their businesses. And they're not getting quite the response they want from the shark. So they'll say, oh, by the way, you know, this light bulb really works best in doorways, but I think we can also develop it for hospital emergency rooms. Now, what very often happens is one of two things. Either the sharks will say, well, why didn't you say so? That's a much more viable application. Now we're interested in talking to you. Or they'll say, wait a minute. We don't want somebody who's going to just keep adding features and features and functions and functions. Where's the core? Give me something that says you're serious, that says you're smart, that says you know your market. We don't want 15 SKUs. I mean, SKUs if it's if it's a product like like a piece of clothing or or uh, something that can have variations. So. I'm going to say the sharks would agree with both of you. Now, Alex, I'm looking at your notes here. Let's pick up a couple of interesting comments, one from you and then one from Dave. Alex, you say every startup guide 
says you should only hire A-list players or a top A players, and it is true. But then you say you have to be tough on people. You have to expect excellence all the way through from the minute you recruit them to afterwards and don't get lured in by mediocrity, a mediocre person or a mediocre group. It's a trap. So, Alex, what does this mean? Should you only hire A players? How do you find them? How important is this, Alex Rinka? Hmm. Yeah, I think that um, that as an as an entrepreneur, you, you should just spend a lot of time on recruiting, right? You should you should spend a lot of time on, on finding and convincing uh, the best people around to to work for you. And this is something you know when you um, this is something that if you hire somebody, you know, and so often I was in a situation where we interviewed somebody and we said, okay, he's probably good for the job. But is he really great and you need them and you start to become pragmatic and, and say, okay, we just hire him and, you know, or her and he or she, they, they do this job and, and, and they can do it well, but, but that's the wrong decision. What you should do is you should say, no, it's, it's, it's not an excellent person. I will rather wait and I will rather keep on looking um, until I find somebody that really blows everybody away. Because this will be a situation that you you're stuck with for the next at least year, possibly even five 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 years or so. So it's very very important to be not overly pragmatic. There, I think you can be pragmatic in every in every other aspect of, of building your business. Um, but but there you shouldn't be be too pragmatic. And also after you recruit people, you should make just make very clear that excellence is what you expect. And you know, a lot of a lot of people. I I when I started didn't have a lot of experience managing people, and I think one of the most important um, things when you when you when you become and grow into being a manager is to have um, very high expectations and to to be able to communicate, articulate, and 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 um, manage people um, in a way that they they exceed these expectations. You know, and 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 I think this is very important because it's kind of especially as the startup grows you you start selling your whole organization with the product that you're selling like the customer support the um kind of the user interface all things that you don't really control um as, as the founder of the company so it's very very important to have the best people in the world uh, people that are better than you at doing these things um to take care of those people uh, of those things yeah. Thank you. Those are they're tough words from somebody in the trenches who knows. Dave Katona, agree or disagree? Spend time hiring the best A people to work for you and be tough on them. What do you think, Dave? What, what, why, I, I, I agree. You, you want to hire uh, you know, the best people you can. Absolutely, you want to hire A players. But one, one of the things I, I, I've read before and seen before and had seen uh, fail at companies before as, as well as uh, key executive positions. Um, I've seen people hire, uh, for example, you know, v- vice presidents of sales, for example, at startups, where they've hired A players with deep, deep resumes as a VP of sales. However, they didn't necessarily have what I would call broad uh, startup experience or broad experience within uh, uh, different roles within startups. So you come in with an A player that's super strong 
in a specific role but doesn't necessarily understand the necessity to wear many hats as a manager. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the strengths that I I think is so critical when you do hire those A players is that you look for that broader background than the role itself uh, in every role that you hire for. Because as you grow, you're going to need your employees to grow with you. And uh, it's important to have that, uh, you know, what I call that that jack-of-all-trades capability in your back pocket because sometimes you're not going to be able to fill that A-player role and you're going to need someone to cross over uh, to fulfill some of that role until you do find those A-players. And that's one of the things that I, I, I have seen uh, at a couple of startups that I've worked at where they've brought in these high-powered folks, these A players, and they, you know, didn't necessarily work out so well. So that's one of the sort of words of caution as you grow um, and you do hire these A players in, in the higher-level uh, management roles that you want to have that, that broad-based or at least startup experience so they understand because working at a startup is – as a, as a manager is a lot different than working at a large large company where you have a specific role that you fulfill. Alex, any um, thoughts on that? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I I think uh, thanks thanks Sharon, for that comment. I mean, this is absolutely right. And this is, I mean, one of the things that nearly brought Salonis um um to to, to bankruptcy in the early days was that mm. very much at the beginning we hired um. A very experienced salespeople, and they all didn't work out, and and none of them stayed stayed, stayed very long, um, um, because 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 my definition of a player is not somebody with experience um, in 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 doing sales, like a high powered person who's been with a big software company or a big company in the industry for for a long period of time and and has a deep experience um, mm-hmm. in sales and especially in sales I think the the the, the danger is um, very high because as an entrepreneur you will have very experienced people coming to you and telling you they they're just going to sell so much of your product and you start believing them uh, you start paying a lot of money for them and um, and you find out they don't work because uh, they work in settings that are very mature. However, at a startup company, the setting is very immature, right? Um, so, so a lot of the things are still um, building up, etc. And you exactly need that jack of all trades that, that they've mentioned. So, my definition of a player is not somebody with um, a whole deal of experience, but somebody with a lot of talent and ambition, right? And this is what you need, especially in the early stages. You, um, you need people with incredible talent and people with incredible ambition. You know, that are willing to burn the midnight oil. Are really willing to to make things happen out of the ordinary because that's what you need in the early days. You constantly need to make things possible that by normal standards are impossible. You need to convince customers to buy to invest significantly in a product without having any reference, without any having any experience, without having any track record. You need to invent. Um, you need to build products that you know large established companies would take a year to build. Um, and just a couple of weeks, and they need to work in their in their scope, um, and and you need to do that without having actual experience in that that particular field you're going in. So so you need to constantly achieve uh, things that um, by by normal standards would would be considered impossible, 
And um, in order to do that, you need you need incredible talent and ambition, and, and that's what I mean by a player. Um, not somebody who is you know high decorated a person. Um, yeah. Alex, you just gave us a very quotable moment. I'm going to tweet it in a minute. Entrepreneurs need to make things possible that by normal standards are impossible. I love that one. How about you, Dave? Good one? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's a good one. We're going to, you're going to be yes. immortalized with that one, Alex, if not for many <laughs> other things. Dave, I'm looking at your notes here. I found something very interesting, uh, provocative, and I think we need to put this one on the table as well. Dave Katona says, it's not always easy to admit you are wrong. The plan is wrong. The product is wrong. But speaking your truth in a constructive way and collaborating is always the best path. And why don't you elaborate on that for us, Dave? Sounds very important to me from the perspective of looking back in hindsight and blind ambition. So what's your advice to entrepreneurs based on this, Dave? Sure, and I'll continue my quote in that it's it really gets down to uh, it, identifying issues, speaking up early and often once they're identified, and correcting the path. Because I've seen too many times people with passion will drive their their belief into the ground that this is the right way, and maybe you know the plan may be wrong or the product or the feature is really not going to work out and address this market need. Or maybe we're not, you know, the architecture is not absolutely, you know, the right way. And getting that team and, and, you know, going back to those A players and being able to, in a constructive way, in a collaborative way, um, being able to, 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 to work together um, to solve those issues. Because uh, in my mind, singular control over issues is not always the best way to be successful. And this is, this is one of the things that I, I, I've seen time and time again where um, I've seen founders take control of the product and have what I call founderitis, where they actually control the product. It's okay to control the vision and you know, maintain control of the strategy. But in a lot of cases, if you do have a lot of smart folks that work for you, it, it, it's it's good to give it them and empower them to speak the the their truths in a constructive, and empower them to be collaborative, um, to help correct those paths quickly, because in a, in the the startup world, you don't have a lot of time um, to make those corrections, and you can't always be everywhere. Uh, as a key executive, and that's a really critical. Very interesting. I'm, I'm tweeting this. Entrepreneurs, be wary of founder-itis, re-singular control over issues. Is that going to do it? Because I'm out of characters, Dave. Is that uh, that going to make us immortal? <laughs> you. Sure. <laughs> okay. I'm working hard here, kids, working hard to capture right. so, so many words of wisdom. I really appreciate it. Alex, any thoughts on founder-itis? Did you have that? Did you and Bastion and your other partner get into, well, this is my company and I founded it and this is my idea. Mm-hmm. It's going to have to make it work even though people don't want it. Did you come across that? Can mm-hmm. you admit that? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would, to be honest. Um, I, I think we, I think as a, but, 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 but I think, I think that we, we always have been 
pretty good at hiring good people and then also trusting these people um, and, and treating them as, as equals as, uh, when, when their opportunities are concerned. I think the problem goes a little bit deeper. I think the, um, uh, the problem or the challenge you have is, as an entrepreneur, you need to be um, uh, mentally very flexible and change things quickly and stubborn at the same time because if you're not stubborn, you will have a lot of people telling you so much stuff and if you do everything they tell you and not do what you think is right and mm-hmm. if you don't believe in, in your view of things, then you won't be a good entrepreneur for sure. However, if you, I mean, everybody is on the wrong path um, often, so, so you also need to be a good listener and be to, need to be able to change uh, your opinion and your direction and admit that. Um, so, so I fully agree. I think the thing that you can't have and can't afford is an ego when it comes to your idea. And, and, um, and when I talk to entrepreneurs that are successful, I always find that they, um, they, they are mentally very flexible. So they're good listeners and they will often not, you know, keep, stick to what they think is right. And, and, and otherwise they w- wouldn't be stubborn enough and wouldn't believe in their ideas. But, um, but, but you can't afford an ego. This is my idea. This is why mm-hmm. you, you need to do what's good for the company, right? So, so very, very many situations where, uh, we at Salon has had, had an idea coming from a customer or a course direction or from one of one one of the people at Salonis and we have as far as have been very wrong and, and admitted that and changed that. Otherwise we we wouldn't have come very far. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And now I'm going back to Alex's notes, and I found something very interesting here, Alex. You say, among the biggest mistakes I see looking at early-stage startups is not to be customer-focused enough. But I'm going to add the second line here, which is very important. You say, I feel like a lot of startups follow the buzz and do what their investors want to hear, but not what the customer wants to buy. So this goes back to one of our early comments in the show a while ago where we talked about listening. Remember, Dave, asking questions and who is questioning you and whom are you questioning? And now you're saying, Alex, investors are saying, well, it's my money. I want you to do this, boys and girls. And and you're saying, wait a minute, that might not be what the market wants. So how do you figure this out? Alex, please give us your thoughts. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, um, I, I think the, um, the the problem is in if you found a startup, you talk to so many business angels, investors, you talk to so many advisors, and 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 and, and sometimes you know you forget to talk as much to your customers, right? Because they're the people that really matter. Because when it comes to investors, you need to make them happy at the end, eventually, right? You need to you want to create a successful startup, which means a good outcome for the investors, which does not mean that you have to make them happy at every step on the way, right? Every week or every month or every quarter. Um, so, so, so I think just, you know, um, because especially when you live in some of these startup, um, as, as startup centers where you have a lot of startups, you talk a lot to, 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 um, um, to, to just people from the startup ecosystem, which are typically not your customers. So I just, I just think every entrepreneur should be, should be, um, cautious to that and, um, and, and, and try to be very, very focused on the customers. You know, um, you, you don't build something successful from going to every startup event, every investors meeting, every, everything and just, you know, um, incorporate these thoughts into, into your, your product and, and your idea and what you do. Thank you. Dave, love to get your point of view on this. To whom should you be listening? The guy with the money, the girl with the money, or 
the person who's going to bring you the money that will give the money back to the person who gave you the money to start in the first place. Yikes. Well, well this is why I always, and one of the things that I always recommend is, is, is listening, and, and it's about listening to, to your market and your people, and really, really listen. And I, I found that it's, it's important to, you know, in a broad sense, listen. And everyone's going to give you advice. Just be careful how you act on it. And so it gets down to uh, you're going to get a lot of different opinions, a lot of different perspectives, but it's, it's, it's being careful on how you act on it. And so you've really got to use that as a, as a prioritization because the markets and, and your direct customers are going to tell you one thing. Then, uh, you know, the overall market and the analysts are going to tell you another thing. Your in, investors and the people that work for you and your developers are going to tell you another thing. And it's, it's really about being, uh, you know, flexible, if you will, and being able to extrapolate um, you know, the right answers and where to act um, uh, through all of that uh, wonderful advice that you get uh, out of all of those sources. It's, so, Dave, it's, how it's, do you it's know? It's a tough but, it is. How do you know which source is the one? How do you, I, I've heard we've had uh, several panels on our other Game Changers shows talking about how uh, you should have your maybe a personal board of directors, a group of people whom you trust. I won't use the word implicitly, but I just did imp- parenthetically, if you will. Uh, how do you know? Advisors. Trusted advisors, right. Be careful to trust your trusted advisors on the advice you get from people you're not sure you trust. So we get in a loop here. We get in a circle. How do you know whose advice? What if the, what if a particular investor is closer to the market than a particular customer? And let me read one more piece of, um, information from Alex that'll make this probably a little more complicated. Alex says, in enterprise software, the first one or two customers are very important, especially when it's your, your first time as an entrepreneur and you're still figuring things out. On the one hand, you have to make them really happy. On the other hand, you have to be careful not to fulfill every one of their very specific requirements or your product becomes too complex, often not an easy trade-off. So, Alex, let me bag, bounce this back to you. Who, to whom do you listen? Who gets, is it you sleep on it overnight or do you put it onto a, I don't know, a crap table and say, if it comes up with lucky sevens, I'm going to do plan A. And if it comes up with lucky fours, plan B. Alex, how do you make those decisions on whom to trust? Um, I think that you, um, and this plays back to the ego and the and the listening thing that, that Dave alluded to, I think you need to listen to everybody, listen very carefully and understand why they think the way they think. But then, when it comes to making the decision, you need to uh, you need to you need to listen to your heart, right? And and what do you think is right? And you need to have strong opinions on your own, and um, because otherwise, you just you just get pulled into so many directions. You can't you know every day you talk to three people that tell you how they would do things, but they don't need to do them, and they don't need to live with the consequences. Often, right? Even an investor, an investor is invested in ten startups, right? Fifteen startups, so they have they suffer from the consequences. But you are the one as an entrepreneur that in the end has to stand up for that decision. So listen to everybody, try to get everybody's advice, try to try to be a very, very good listener and understand um, the hidden, uh, the, the reasons why people say the way they uh, say what they say, but then in the end do what you think is right and trust your guts. So, so I think you shouldn't, you shouldn't, shouldn't in the end listen to anybody really. 
Interesting. <laughs> Dave, can you go along with that? You got Well, it, 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 this gets down to my experience uh, uh, in uh, the early, uh, at the early, in around 2000, uh, mm-hmm. I was working at a startup of one of the first uh, cloud-based ERP companies. And we had a, uh, essentially a board uh, of investors that did nothing but tell us, don't worry about revenue, just scale. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that was the advice. And it, looking back and driving towards the goals that we were advised to drive towards and not stopping to ask why or why not before spending the time, money, and resources um, from these trusted advisors on the board uh, is just one example. And you're going to get a lot of advice from a lot of people, and it's literally stopping and asking the whys and why nots and literally listening. And sometimes, uh, Alex, you're right, sometimes you, 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 you don't want to listen or, or shouldn't listen to anyone at all because you, you, you're closer to everything uh, than anyone else is because you're living it, you know, 24-7. And, you know, in looking, you know, at this, and I, I, I love, you know, I, I mentioned a lot of times to a lot of startups I work with is, you know, looking both ways before you cross the, the innovation street is important. And it's literally listening, but being very careful before you, before you execute. And it's, it's always a tightrope walk. There's always risks. That, that's why you do this, because we all love to take those risks. But you've got to stop and ask why or why not uh, before you start to invest ba- based upon the advice that you're given. Now, I'm going to ask both of you an interesting question, at least interesting to me. Is this a good time for entrepreneurs? We're approaching the very end of 2016. We're almost at December, a couple of days away here. And uh, I've asked this on, on other similar topics on other ones, other series under our Game Changers umbrella over the years. So let me ask you that. We're not up, quite up to our prediction segment yet, although we will be in about two minutes. But Alex Rinka at Solanus, uh, you're so in touch with what it takes to be a very successful entrepreneur. I know you have one of the fastest growing new companies, and I want to congratulate you on that. My question is, what's your advice to entrepreneurs right now? Is there ever a time when it's a good time, a smart time to start a new company? Let's keep it to the tech space because that's what we're focused on today. So what do you see right now? Is the environment good for tech startups or not so much? Alex? Oh, I think the environment is, 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 is amazing right now. You know, you still have a lot of capital on the market. You have a lot of new advancements in technology. I think it's um, kind of the, the pace of, of new technologies revolutionizing or disrupting what's currently done is getting higher all the time. Um, I think that um, startups also in, in our space, the enterprise software space, face less of a trust issue than probably they did um uh, a couple of years ago, um, you know, the, the cloud still offers uh, a lot of um, a lot of potential. So I think there's tremendous potential, and I think it's great great time to start a company. Thank you, Dave. What do you think, Dave Katona? You've been there, done that. And you're here now, talking to smart people like Alex and his partners. Is it a good time or a bad time right now? Not in 2020, not 10 years ago. Right now, to start a new company in the tech space, Dave. Right now, I think it's a great time uh, to, to start a new company. Uh, we at SAP, for example, are 
uh, in, in investing, uh, this, but you know, I, I'm in startup focused. We're investing a lot of uh, of time and resources, uh, nurturing a lot of startups uh, on our platform, and I see more and more uh, innovation uh, with uh, our a lot of our large partners as well that are being driven. Um, and uh, a lot of uh, opportunities specifically around the big data space. And it really gets down to uh, a lot of the consumer uh, market uh, changes are driving a lot of innovation. And, uh, you know, companies like Salonis uh, and Alex, you, you guys are, are like a rocket ship. Uh, coming out of nowhere over you know over the last couple of years, that I, I think right now is a great time uh, to get started. I, I think a lot of large companies are really looking for innovative uh, uh, partners and startups. Thank you very much. Good advice from both of you. I think we're in in sync on that one. So now we're officially in our predictions round, and I can give you each about 90 seconds. So Alex Rika at Solanus, I'm going to give you a chance to either talk about a prediction for technology between now and 2020 or where your company is going to be by 2020 or whatever you want. I'm going to give you 90 seconds. Give me some kind of prediction. Look into the crystal ball, and let's hear from you. Alex Rinka, go ahead. Yeah. Um, no. So, 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 so I think that um, if you um, if you consider the amount of data, because a lot of the times I think people think that um, you, you always tend to think that there's like, you know, if you consider a specific space that has been around for a while, and um, you always think you had kind of ninety ninety percent of what could be done has been done, and there's like ten percent. There's these couple of niches left that remain to be done, right? And I think specifically for our space. And um, and and in, in the broader sense, the big data, big data analytics space. I think that's um, uh, that that that's like probably two percent of the things that 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 will be done have been done. So I think this is an amazing amazing place for for innovation. I think that we that we focus on the um, on the event event data that's um, accumulating in, in every business, but but. But also in a lot of others, other big data analytics um, areas and, and other types of considering other types of data, I think there's tremendous potential, and we will see incredible innovation. Um, um, and, and the human society will just do do a lot more with the data we create in the next couple of years. And I think, even though it has been around for a while, it will it will even accelerate in, in the next couple of years. Thank you very much. Dave Katona, predictions. I give you 60 seconds, and I have a quick bonus question for both of you. Dave, what do you see predicting for between now and 2020? Sure, sure, Bonnie. I, I, I see uh, uh, really, uh, in, in playing off of what Alex just mentioned, I really see uh, big data uh, and what would I call, you know, continue to call big data turning into big brains and things becoming smarter and uh, the leverage of the, that smartness being easier to let uh, be used uh, and getting down to touching our personal lives and making our personal lives easier. Um, in, in the case of, you know, uh, mobile devices, you know, in-home, uh, in-car, and what I call in-service, 
um, being able to just make uh, our, our lives easier and being able to do things like, you know, find cures for di- diseases easier, being able to diagnose diseases faster, being able, you know, to literally m- make our lives more convenient um, and, and taking this whole concept of big data, you know, out of what I call the business hands and putting it in uh, and making it a, a, a personal touch. Um, in the hands of, uh, of you know every person that that has has a device, and that that's where I think things are going uh, very quickly. Thank you very much. Quick question for both of you, and uh, don't take this the wrong way. Well, Dave might. I don't think Alex will. Is being an entrepreneur today a young person's game? Meaning anybody under thirty-five who has enough enough brain cells left, enough energy to be able to withstand the twenty-four-seven, three-sixty-five demands? And is it still possible for startups among people in their fifties, sixties? Uh, Alex, yes or no? Is it a young person's game? No, I don't think so. I think it's. Um Entrepreneurship is for everybody. Thank you. Dave Katona, yes or no? Oh, it's for everyone. Absolutely. Thank you. We're going to end on that note. Oh, good. I'm going to go out and start a company today right after the show. Let's You've been go. listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers. I want to wish a happy holiday to all of you listening around the world. Alex, thanks for taking time out of your very busy life and very busy day. And best wishes to you and everybody at your company. And say hello to Bastion. We miss him. And he can come back next year. Shout out again to Christina Sosa at SAP and to Michael, our engineer. And I'm in a hurry to get out of here. We're planning a huge number of series for next year in 2017, Game Changers Radio. But the next couple of Wednesdays, tune in on 11 o'clock Eastern to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Next week, the 7th of December, we're starting our five-week special on predictions. You don't want to miss them. We're going to have between 70 and 80 thought leaders giving two-and-a-half-minute predictions on the clock between December 7th and the 18th of January. Woohoo! So here we go. I have a quick shout-out to everybody. You know what the call to action is. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a Game Changer today. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. And please join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.